Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. The purpose of our show is to have fun with talking with, with, with uh, small business owners. And we define small business owners as companies from 1 to 25 employees. They can be in any industry. It makes absolutely no difference. We know so many dirty secrets, we, we just can't even keep up with it. Every day we get more, more into the archives, don't we, Adam? I'm here with my business partner. My name's Jack Mancini, first of all. And I'm here with my longtime business partner of 15 years, thereabouts, Adam Sunhalder. Adam is going to be going through various disguises tonight. If you've been listening to us, he's, uh, he's, he's got a, a voice for every occasion here. But uh, how you doing tonight, Adam? What's going on, bud? Fantastic, Jack. How about yourself? Ooh, I got the, I got the, this is the evening voice now that we're on prime time at 7.30. I get the nice Barry White kind of voice going for my evening voice. You do, track. just kind of slow it down. That's right. Kind of lull everybody to sleep a little bit and relax them, calm down after a tough day of running your company. You know, nothing better than kind of sitting back with your favorite beverage, listening to some good house stories in terms of uh, small business, which is what we spend our time talking about here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. That's right. We, we, uh, we love to talk about small business. That's why we've been together so long. And quite a history before that, uh, taking separate paths. So, uh, yeah, small business stories. We'd like to hear some of yours, too. You know, you can uh, certainly contact us in many ways. My partner will tell you how, I think. We have all the answers (laughs) to the how questions. Yeah, we're live here in the studio every Wednesday from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. And you can catch us here live at 440-946-9468. Again, the number is uh, 440-946. Nine four six W I N T. You know, we we like to talk about uh, some of our our coaching systems and coaching concepts that we develop. But one big overriding one is we like to say we help owners of small companies get unstuck from the state of how. What the heck does that mean? The state of how. Every day, you as a small business owner have countless number of how questions. How do I make my payroll? How do I find people? How do I get better sales? How do I set my selling price? How, how, how? I mean, it's just, it's nonstop. So we're the unstuckers. We like to get you unstuck (laughs) from the state of how. Sounds like a movie, Jack, or a show. Yeah, one of those uh, old chill. Did you ever watch Chill? The very bad, probably class D movies. They go that low. Yeah, they the have big all chill I know about. There's a lot of uh, it's based on Michigan alumni, I which is a great say, movie. That's why it. Uh, that's why you know that <laughs> one. <laughs> it's a different kind of chill. So we're <laughs> the unstuckers. All right, good. Unstuckers. We'll put that on our put that on our tagline. We like to be unstuckers. So, so if you own a company and you get you have somewhere between one and twenty five employees, those are the, most of the stories that we, we share here relate to that. That's in fact most of the businesses that are out there fit that realm, and we like to be able to share the stories because we know the things you're wrestling with are often. Maybe the first time for you, but chances are we've been through it either personally ourselves or with hundreds of clients we've coached over the years to help them through those very same situations. At the end of the day, there are usually multiple ways to get where you're trying to go, and it's often people get stuck not knowing what to do next. They usually have an idea what they want to do, where they want to go, but how they get there often gets them stuck or gets them perplexed. And so we're big, we're big fans of being able to do that not only for our, for our day-to-day coaching clients, but we do this weekly show and our podcast to help people figure that out as well and be able to share a lot of those stories with you. Now well, we, so we, we, we get a lot of hot questions, too, and just in terms of what, what we're trying to do in terms of helping the small business folks out. And 
uh, earlier, actually earlier today, Jack and I were at a were at an event that uh, Steve Case was the the, the, the speaker. And Steve Case. Steve Case. If I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a hint. Oh wait, a I know Steve. Hold Case on, I'll give, well I'll give our listeners. Hold on, I'll give our listeners a hint. <laughs> I know who you're talking about, Jack. This is for our listening audience. So if I use the phrase, "You've got mail." <clears throat> wait, you're talking about. Uh, uh, Seattle, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, and Meg Ryan. Right. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Oh, there's a movie called You've Got Mail. That's correct. Oh, okay. So but, we got that one nailed. So that, but that phrase comes from what? What, what? You know, and they were looking at their AOL accounts, right? Oh, that's right. You told me I couldn't say what it was. That's right. All right. I got you. So Steve Case was the founder of AOL, and he sold it probably. 20 years ago, 15 years ago. You know, didn't, yeah, he he said, wasn't it 25? Well, they started it in 85. I think 97 is when he started his foundations. I'm guessing he may have sold it around then. That's right. They That's sold right. it for a couple of billion dollars. Um, anyway, the, AOL was really the first big mover when it comes to email and the, and the Internet. So anyway, the reason I'm bringing this up is he started a foundation, and he was talking about venture capital. He gave some very interesting stats that, quite frankly, are not very meaningful to the small businesses, right? He talked about venture capital. And for those it, of you... It was, it, was an interesting, it was an interesting set of statistics, like yes. you say. But, well, okay, go on. Yeah, with, with, with So he talked about how in, in, in last year, 2016, out of all the money, all the venture capital money that, that, that was put out, 78% went to three states. In fact, half of it, more than half, went to one state. Wasn't so, that... That was... Shocking. Yeah. Well, you know? it, it it gives you a good sense of how our country is. So the 50 plus percent went to California, and there's another almost 28 percent that went to, to the combination of uh, of New York and Massachusetts. So on those two ends of the spectrum of uh, of the country, West Coast and East Coast. So the remaining 47 states were fighting over 22 percent of it. And the reason I say it's that's interesting stat, and he, you know, Steve is very good. He's very data driven. Well, venture capital usually is what comes in for folks who are trying to create the next billion dollar company and most folks aren't trying to do that right most small business owners certainly that we like to deal with and and are part of our long history here together as coaches so here we here here steve was addressing a an audience that was supporters of the cleveland foundation which is a, a long-standing century plus old foundation here in cleveland and you know a lot of movers and shakers are there he's talking about how this distribution of capital, avail availability capital needs to, needs to be kind of spread out and give the folks in, in, you know, in, in the other parts of the country a chance at it. And I, I started scratching my head going, well, that's great for those folks trying to create the billion plus dollar companies or those high tech startups. I go, but what about, what about the rest of the small business guys who are, who, who are just being ignored? How do, you, how, do we keep, how do we keep the small business folks from being ignored? Those, those 25 million you know, from one to twenty-five, there's probably twenty-five million of them. Granted, a lot of them are one one-person shops working out of their basement, but nonetheless, they're established. They're what makes the community great. Driving down Main Street, USA, all these established companies that have been trying to grind it out and make it. What happened to them? What happened to them? I know Adam? you're saying you're using that great word used a couple times, or if you recognize it or not, Jack. The word established. Mm -hmm. These are companies that are there. Established means that they have customers. They've gotten sales. They have employees. They have vendors. They're part of the economy. So they're doing a lot of great things, yet they get ignored. They get ignored. So how do, and it's been the bane of our existence for the last 15 years where we keep talking about how do we, how do we help prevent 
the small guys who are already established doing things from being ignored. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to help these folks. And that's a big part of the reason why we, we, we launched this show last year was to kind of talk about the small business folks and get the word out there, help get the word out there about what some of their struggles and challenges are. And it, it isn't getting venture capital money. That's the least, uh, you know, they're, they're working on bank loans. And, and uh, yeah, they aren't part of the VC crowd for the most part, and they never will be. And they, they aren't because they aren't sought after. Things aren't really designed for them. You know, the way venture capital works now and the way assistance from our government at various levels works is to really fall in love with and be advised to and move in the direction of giving money to startups. Why? They're looking for the next billion-dollar company rather than take uh, a million of, of Main Street USA and make, make it happen. Uh, and they can. You know, one company tried to do this, still is trying to do it. Goldman Sachs, 10,000 businesses. We see warts with that program for sure, but we, we also applaud it because that 10,000 businesses really consists of established companies, established for a couple of years. They've been in business, and they've been trying to make it. Now, here's an opportunity for them through Goldman Sachs to form a team of, of business owners and over 12 weeks teach them the fundamentals of business. And that's where our criticism comes in. Because you can't, from our vast experience, teach somebody the complexities of business, things like accounting and marketing, in 12 weeks. And pretty much what happens after that 12 weeks, they're cut loose rather than have a continuing education kind of arm to this thing. And that's where most people seem to, to uh, shy away. Those people who give advice to small businesses seem to shy away from the smalls. They, they don't want to make that commitment. They have the knowledge, but they don't want to make that commitment to what is often a several-year process to make a business, a small business, better and better to act like a larger, no, don't act like a larger, get the results of a larger company, uh, learn how to make sustainable growing profits. That's where they fall short. That's what we do. And, yes, I don't know. They're, they're forgotten, Adam. They are. I got. Uh, I have some ideas I want to share when we come back from break here, Jack, as far as why I think that might be the case and what we can kind of do to try to help that out. Good That's idea. part of what I think we're going to try to do as part of our marketing strategy here as well, help get the word out about these underappreciated owners of small companies. So stay tuned for that. When we come back, we'll be, we'll be continuing this, this conversation. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches. And we can help you get unstuck from that state of how. Oh, come on. I'm now. Jack Mancini. You had this problem a few I'm weeks ago talk to, uh, I'm going to talk to uh, this guy's <laughs> voice. Adam's got multiple voices tonight. I'm Jack Mancini, and I am with Maximum Value Partners, MVP, along with my longtime business partner, Adam Sunhalter. Adam is playing voice games tonight, but that's okay. He's coming through real good. And the subject we're talking about, Adam, what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about one of our many how questions. We are. Which this is, one? This is really one. This is one that's near and dear and personal to us, Jack, which is how do we keep the small business guys from getting ignored? And we were sharing a little story in the first segment about a, a discussion we just uh, were at earlier today with Steve Case, talking about things like venture capitalists and you know, why are the small guys ignored? And I think... 
Uh, it's very important. I would love to get get your take on this, by the way. Uh, you can reach us here live in the studio at 440-946-9468. Again, it's 440-946-WINT. I have a couple ideas as far as why, why that's the case. And I think, first of all, I think as as a small business owner, I think one of the, the, the things that, that, that most of us small business owners lack is we are not very good self-promoters. They're not really good at telling our story. So busy doing the work of the business that, you know, the ability to kind of tell the story in a way that's very, very appealing, very sexy, will grab people's attention. It's not something that most owners do very, very well. Well, I, I agree with that. I also agree, and we know this from our coaching. We, we know that owners of small businesses don't necessarily think bigger, and I'm saying that only because the need for cash and capital isn't as significant as, as a lot of people like to think when they're whipping around venture capitalists and, and uh, Wall Street. And the 25 million or so small businesses don't really need that kind of attention. They need bank loans, generally speaking, and they're often terrified or certainly ill-prepared to get it. And the amounts aren't, aren't in the millions that they're looking for. The amounts are in the tens of thousands maybe hundreds of thousands, depending on. And I, I'm speaking of the population of companies from 1 to 25 employees, which is our tends to be our sweet spot. Well, I think there's definitely, there's definitely a market for well-told stories. And why, why do I say that? A couple, cu- couple of reasons. Uh, a few weeks back, we had on our, uh, our first guest, Mar- Marsha Pledger. And part of what we had Marsha talk about was an ongoing column she had in the paper here for, what was it, 7, 8, 9, 10 years, weekly column that turned into a book called My Biggest Mistake and How I Fixed It. And most of those stories were small business stories. And it was a very popular column. ran for a long time. Yeah. So you look at stuff so. like that. You look at the popularity of there's a couple of TV shows right now that I think many people in the, in the listening audience either watched or certainly heard about. Uh, one being the show called The Profit. Profit as in P-R-O-F-I-T, like business profit, not P-R-O-P-H-E-T. But this guy, Marcus <laughs> Limonis, who's, who's, the, who's the head of that, He's, he, and he goes in and he'll go into smaller companies and help get them fixed up, make an investment in the company, help get them, get them working. He has his process that he uses to kind of do that. And there's also a fascination. This show has been on for probably a decade now called Shark Tank. So your point earlier, Jack, about venture capitalists and that, and most people have no clue what it's like. But yet that show gives a little, little snippet or an idea of what, Going in and talking to a venture capitalist might look like you're in the, you know, here. They are talking to the five, the five potential investors, right? And they're they're on the firing squad. They're getting all, asked all kinds of questions. And geez, is that what it's really like? And what do I got to do to sell these folks? So many, investing? right, right. So, so people are people are curious about because they don't know what that looks or sounds like. But that, there's certainly there's, there's a fascination with that. That's so, a, that's the proper word. There is a fascination with that. People just don't understand it. So it's fun. I have a small business and I'm. I'm going to watch the Shark Tank, and by God, I get an impression out of that. And it probably isn't one that motivates me to to go seek capital. It just doesn't, you know. Probably scares you to see what's going on. Those guys are getting scared. You're going, oh man, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be getting asked those kind of questions mm-hmm. or getting embarrassed on, you know, on national TV like that. And the, and the system, I'll, I'll use our president's uh, word, rigged. It seems, in in my opinion, that the system is rigged against them. Well, what does that mean? Well, the people who make decisions so often on doling out the big bucks here, you know, for small businesses, 
really are government bureaucrats in many cases, professors of colleges, most of them uh, esteemed, many Ivy League. Uh, many of those guys have never run a, a business themselves. They, they, we, we have people who are, are entrepreneurs themselves who find a job doling it out. And what they dole out to are companies that have high-tech, high-tech startups. That's going to save the world. Coming back to what we were saying earlier in the first segment, it's not Main Street, U Street USA. So the system is rigged pretty much from a venture capital standpoint and big government dollars trying to funnel its way to, to help the small business owner. It's, it's rigged against the Main Street USA folks. That's our opinion, certainly my opinion, and, and uh, it's, it's rigged in a way that it, it isn't aimed towards them, with the exception of 10,000 businesses. Well, is it, is it too hard? Is it too hard, you know, to your point earlier, Jack, about trying to get tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars versus tens of millions or, or hundreds of millions or billions of dollars, right? Is it too hard to, to, to have that many places? Now, you know, there's a, there's a uh, not necessarily I agree with it, but there's a common theme out there if you talk to financial planners that they want you to diversify your portfolio, right? What does that mean? It means, right. means take, take whatever you have to invest and kind of spread it, uh, you know, spread your bets out so you aren't putting it all in one, in one place. So to me, that's what the small businesses are about. You're taking, t you know, take that $10 million, and you can spread it out amongst a couple hundred small companies. Now, some aren't going to work out, but a good chunk of them will. That's correct. Pay, okay, so why not do that? Is, is, it, is it too hard to do that? I don't think it's too hard. Well, it's, not, it's not fancy enough. I don't think it's fancy, fancy enough. Fancy pants. There you go. Fancy pants. There were a lot of suits word. there today. You're right. Those are all uh, fancy uh, fancy suits were, and ties. There were a lot of suits and ties there. But it isn't, you know, you, you have a florist on Main Street, USA. Nothing sexy about uh, giving him or her 50000 bucks, 100000 bucks, uh, with a little bit of oversight and, and conditions on that money to basically try and improve their company. If they improve it, and we define that as growing profits, chances are they're going to hire somebody. 25 million jobs, however you want to cut that, we're talking potentially millions of jobs being created with relatively well-placed investments. But if I'm a fancy professor, if I'm a fancy bureaucrat, if I'm a fancy uh, ex-Wall Street guy, I'm going to look at the excitement of giving fifty to a hundred thousand bucks to a florist, I'd rather watch paint dry. I mean it just isn't sexy. But that shouldn't be the that shouldn't be the, the condition of the 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 money distur dis distribution here. So I'm calling that rigged. So maybe it's not rigged and we won't be able to kinda of finish this before we had to break. We can come back and talk about it a little bit as well. But uh I was certainly regular. The, the thought kept going through my head as I'm as I'm sitting up, sitting there looking at Steve Case and listening to him talk. I'm thinking, well, what makes you an expert? Versus, we got a client that they you know, talk about watching paint dry. who helps to repair cars. Well, there's always need for for repairing cars, aren't there? As far as you know, whether it be cars that are being repaired because they got accidents or cars that are being repaired just for the natural, the, the, the normal case. We've had clients in both sectors, right? So, what makes Steve Case more of an expert to have to sit and talk to a couple thousand people? What does he know more? about building a company, hiring people, directing people, than a client of ours who's running a company with, you know, 20 employees. Oh, wait, I want to talk when we come back from the break about the rig system of our client. Well, then we'll talk about paint drying again, back. I know. Oh, we can talk about both of those. <laughs> right, well, we'll start with paint drying, but... Uh...
So the rig system, huh? Rig system right. and the way I just defined it with the players. All right. So rig system. All right. So well, we'll, we'll tell you a story, a little dirty right. secret that you there suspected, you but uh, we hit it head Good. on. Good here. to tease the audience, Jack. That's so you're right. getting the hang of this thing. All right. So stay tuned to hear about the rig, <laughs> rig system when we come back. I am getting the hang of it. I'm Adam Sonalter. Another two years I should get it. That's right. Who are you? <laughs> Tell them who you are, Jack. You're Adam break. Sunholder? Yeah. I must be Jack Mancini. And we're Maximum Value <laughs> Partners. MVP, we're business coaches. That's what we keep telling you. And we would love to have you guys call in and tell us about one of your how questions. See if we can handle it. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And who am I, Adam? I'm Jack you're, Mancini. You're Jack. And uh, we are business partners. We're the, and we're the unstuckers. The unstuckers. That's right. We got a new model tonight. We're the unstuckers. Maximum Value Partners. That's the name of our company. And MVP are the initials of Maximum Value Partners. And we certainly are MVPs. That's right. And we have a lot of fun getting people unstuck from a state of how. So if you have any how questions, and we know you do, we know you do out there, feel free to give us a call. Let's talk about them. We could have some fun doing it, and I, I, I bet you you'll go to bed tonight sleeping like a baby because you solved a long-standing howl problem. Or we sound we help sleeping you like a we baby. So you. curled we up and sucking your thumb. That's a good visual, Jack. Thanks. That is a good visual. <laughs> All right. So if you want to want to get us uh, here in the studio, you can get it with your howl questions. You can reach us at four four zero nine four six nine four six eight. Again, it's four four zero nine four six W I N T. If you're more of a tech, tech, technology folks, and maybe you are because you're listening to the Tech Talk guys before us, you can go to our website, uh, MaximumVP.com forward slash how, H-O-W, a little form there you can submit. Or you can email us at radio at MaximumVP.com. We'll get your question on the air and ha help answer your how question. So uh, the topic tonight we've been talking about is how do we keep the, or how do we keep the small business guys from being ignored when it relates to what's kind of going on. And, Jack's got a theory that he's, he was touching on at the end of the last segment about the rigged system. So I'm going to let Jack share a little story with you about the rigged system that he's talking about. Okay, the rigged system. It, it consists of bureaucrats. That's, that's the biggest part of it because there's a lot of government money that's doled out and aimed at small businesses. And usually they're startups. Usually they're fancy-pants companies that... Uh, are exciting and are written about and talked about. Usually nobody except the people running the company knows what, what it all means. But nonetheless, it's sexy and it's cool. You also have uh, fancy professors. And basically, it's the system is rigged for this reason. Let me give you an example. One of our clients has a company that is not a startup, uh, a fancy high-tech high company. It's a solid company, good good values, good profits, good growth potential. It needs the, the it supplies a huge need in the in the community and marketplace. But it's not sexy. But he wanted to expand, rightfully so, because he's making money hand over fist, and he wanted to go to a community, a little suburban community. And in order for him to be doing business in a suburban community, he had to pay the frickin' mayor if he wanted to do it, and he didn't, ultimately, to his benefit, he had to pay the mayor off in an under-table deal to get the company to be located in this guy's community. And the whole reason was that he didn't want this kind of business in his community. 
Now, that's a rig system. That's the downside of a rig system. It's not so much what we're talking about here, but it, it relates to what we're talking about here. If he had a sexy IT company, this mayor would knock himself out to, to help him. That, that's the, the supposition, and I think that would be a very valid supposition. Yeah, and this guy should go to jail, a petty thief. That's what he is. But I'm not going to tell you who he is, but uh, that's one of the, the, the things that just frosts us. Okay. Was, uh, you know, to me, I was starting to think about it, as I was mentioning earlier, in terms of you know, listening to Steve Case, who you know, people are asking for his advice and his take on things. And I think it's rigged all of a sudden. He, he talked about, too, he said one of the other stats he shared was in terms of where the dollars go from a, from a venture capital standpoint. 90%, 9-0, goes to men entrepreneurs. Yeah. What Only a- 10 go to female entrepreneurs. He said 1% goes to African Americans. Isn't that, that's a very interesting, well, when, when you roll it back, knowing what we know, I guess it really isn't surprising. But it was surprising when I heard it because I never really thought deep about it, as most of us haven't. Where does that money go? Who gets it? So, yeah, 10% women, 1% African-American. So what does that tell us? Well, what he concluded was it still matters who you know and what you look like. That's right. Those are the demographics supporting it. That's correct. That's exactly what he said. So, so I'll say so. You know, to me, it's it's important to be able to tell their stories. I think most people don't tell their stories well, and I think it's hard. I think it's you know, it, you know, you're making the point about the politician who's kind of thinking real small and trying to line his own pockets. I think the politicians, they want to have these big sexy stories that they can kind of campaign on. They're always trying to find ways to get reelected. And to us, what's a more sexy story if you're a mayor of a small town that you you brought in some high tech company, or that you helped a hundred companies that are already there get better? What, a, what a great story that would be. I mean, framed up properly, and your community is going to prosper because they're going to prosper. So if you give them the education and, and the tools and the assistance, they're going to get better. I mean, that's how it's done. So to withhold it, no, it's all wrong. It's all wrong. Well, part of what Steve Case brought up, too, in, in terms of what the, what the role of government is, and I agree with him. You know, most people say, you know, get government all together, and again, there, there's a place for government. The, the, the reason that most people say get them all together is they've, they've overstepped their bounds. And the government actually will take some pretty good-sized risks. And you have examples of it in terms of a lot of the technology that, that we all take for granted today, whether it be going to your weather app or GPS app. Those are all satellites and technology that was, that was helped funded by the Department of Defense, right, you know, 50-plus years ago. And so th- there are certain things that the government does well and, you know, is able to kind of put, put dollars to good use that we can all then benefit from. But to then take it and then try to put it into private hands sometimes or, or really force all these big dollars into startups that are high risk versus, again, how do we help the guys that are already there, the established folks who are there doing it? That's what we'd like to see more advocacy for, the startup or the, the established companies that are there. There's a need. There's no question. And, and you know, funding startups, they're, they're, there has to be that, that assistance. And they do often grow, well, I don't know if often's the right word, they do grow occasionally into big home runs that employ tens of thousands of people. Uh, that's not the norm, though. So why not put more emphasis on helping small, established business? Why not? Makes sense to us, that's for sure. Yes, it does. I think, again, I want to say it's too hard. People aren't sure how to do it. Come back to the how question. They're not sure how to start to roll it out or 
make the programs accessible. I think part of the areas where where uh, governments get get in the way is the regulations in the banking industry are very difficult. You know, if you look, and, and most you can look around, whether you live in a small community or not, you probably live near a small community. And a lot of these community banks that exist, or that used to exist, or you have a lot of credit unions now that, that, that exist, and what they're doing is they're, they're very small institutions. It's very personal. You know, banking used to be a very personal thing. And money was in the community, and they'd help the things in the community, whether it be you know, putting money into your house, putting money into the local garage, or the local hair salon, whatever it might be. It was local. And so the banks would have a little more entrepreneurial style where they'd take bets on the people. Because they knew the people, they, they, you know, they, hey, Jack, I know you're a good guy. So you know, I'm not going to put all the weight into whatever forms I'm making you fill out. Make you jump through 17 hoops, and well, I'm always looking for a reason to say no to you. Oh, just like... Uh, I'm looking for a reason to help you. I'm looking for a reason to say yes. And how, how can I help give you some of this funding, right? Just like Bailey Savings and Loan, right? Okay, there you go. <laughs> I well, mean, who, hasn't, who doesn't know what Bailey Savings and Loan is out there? Well, come on, I'll... I'll <laughs> <laughs> few people, but no, even... even Young millennials may, may, I think almost everybody knows. They know who Potter is? Mr. Potter? Jake Potter. He's batting 382 for, uh, no, not that guy. Not that. The guy no. in the wheelchair. <laughs> Stricken with polio. It's a wonderful life. Yes, it is. And it's wonderful because you had the ability to do what Bailey Savings and Loan did. Invest in small businesses. Not sure things, not triple guarantees, not all that stuff, just help people achieve what they really want to achieve innately. And what happened to those days? How did that get swept away? And so what we get are our, our owners of small companies who have great difficulty getting money to grow their business, and they're willing to put in 100-hour weeks. Cash shouldn't be the biggest deal when they when they need it most, it just shouldn't be as big a deal as it is. So that's what we're kind of talking about, trying to make a case for why is it so hard for small businesses to get cash. One of the things we focus on with our clients, we have our process we use. It's called the Seven Keys to Success, and the seventh and often overlooked or maybe least understood key is presenting, and so be able to tell your story. If you can tell your story as an owner of a company you become very attractive to a lot of people. Okay, and it could be financing sources, it could be employees, it could be vendors, it could be whoever. But you become very attractive when you're able to tell your story. Because part of telling your story is, is, is telling what you're all about. And something that was very good and very you know, eye-opening, what Steve Case talked about too, he said people, especially millennials, care more about purpose than they do profit to a certain extent. Yes, yeah. So they want to know what you're about. You know, what are you trying to do? It isn't just about the almighty dollar all the time, and that's, that's true as well. We, we know you're in business to make profit. You have to make profit to stay, keep the doors open. But why are you doing what you're doing? And that's speaking to the heart and soul of small business. Every small business out there has the purpose. The, 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 the reason that makes it so attractive and so much fun to work for is the, the heart that exists with a small company. And it's that purpose that drives that. The big guys tend to lose that purpose, especially when the, when the founder you know, gets removed from operations or, or sells out and goes somewhere else. I guarantee you the purpose of AOL back in the day was very, very good. And then once Steve sold it off and got, you know, got, to, you know, got uninvolved, they kind of lost their way a bit, and it was all about the dollars because he sold to a big corporation sure. who bought them to make more money. And so they're milking that. It's still, they're still off coming out. How many millions of people still have AOL accounts? 
Millions. This is a lot, right? In fact, I just got rid of mine here not too I long know, ago. Good. You missed that. You missed that when you log on. That's right. The sound of the phone. What? I don't even know what that crazy, scratchy sound was when you... The modem. Dialed. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he, was, <laughs> he was telling the story about 1985 when it kind of happened and you had to know what you are doing. And the, the visual going through my mind was the movie War Games with Matthew Broderick. Remember that movie, Jack? I think I was remember about the same, by the same I time. I remember. Yeah. And you had that big, you know, big phone and the the modem. You you, know, you took the, the the receiver and you put it in there and you here he was plugging into the to the Whopper computer, which was <laughs> which was a NORAD out in, out in Colorado, right? The Whopper W O P R, whatever that stand stood uh, for. That's right. But he's tapping in there and playing his war games. You know, just trying to play 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 a video game, right? But uh, that's where that's where things used to be, and so that was only thirty years ago, and now Most everybody's fast. everybody's walking around. You know, with these little devices, these little these little cell phone devices that have so much more computing power than that Whopper had, it's amazing. So we've come a long way. But and we're going at a breakneck speed too. That's 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 probably the scariest part. You know, stuff changes so fast, Adam, so fast. And what we're doing today, five years from now, is it going to be there? Well, my phone's going probably on six years, so it still works mostly. It does it does what I want. It does what I really need, pretty much flawless. So, that's right. It still qualifies as a smartphone, even if it's an early generation smartphone. It's still a smartphone, right? That's right. Got to well, co- qualify the owners on these things. That's right. So, when we come back here after the break, we'll we'll finish up with this topic. I think it's been a very good topic. We would love to hear some of your stories on it. Well, I think part of what we can do here with this show, Jack, is maybe we start to promote some of the good stories that are out there, help the owners kind of tell their stories as well. It's part of what we'd like to be able to do. Yep. So uh, feel free to call in when we come back. The number is 440-946-9468. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We are here to hear your how questions and help you get unstuck from wherever you may be with that how question. Give us a call, really. You can have some fun with it. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. You are. Hello, Adam. I, I am. I'm uh, Jack Mancini. How you doing? And and we are both with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. And uh, what we're talking about are the countless how questions that small business owners defined as 1 to 25 employees always find themselves asking. How is probably the, the biggest question, preceding the biggest question that you have multiple times a day. And we like to say we help small business owners get unstuck from a state of how. If you're in business long enough, you start asking enough how questions, you start pulling your hair out, right? What if you don't have any hair? That's all, that's why we don't have any hair, Jack. That's what happened. Oh, so, okay. So, you still have those how Because we get it multiplied. <laughs> I know. We get it multiplied with all the people we help coach during the, during the course of the week. <laughs> so, we've been wrestling today. Something that's more of a personal how question for us that we've been wrestling with for 15 years, which is... How do we how do we keep the small guys from being ignored and really overlooked? We've talked on a couple of different things today in terms of the system being rigged against them, the, the owners not being good at promoting themselves, and a big part of the reason why we've kind of we've created the show is to help promote and share some of the stories that are very good stories of the small business owners. Do you think uh, do you think we're just talking to ourselves here, Adam, or do you think the listening audience has a few people out there who uh, would disagree with what we're saying? They think the the small business owner generally gets a fair shake, or are we uh, are we barking up the wrong tree? I'd love to talk right. to somebody who uh, thinks differently than us. That's for sure. 
be hard pressed to make a case, but I'd love to hear it. Four four zero nine four six nine four six eight. Let us know about it. We'd be happy to kind of respond to it. If you think that the owners of small companies are given that fair shake and that they're given great opportunities, in fact, usually it's rigged against them. That's right. Them. So what can we do about that? Well, we can certainly start talking about it a little more than is being talked about. We can create a focus on advocating for small businesses, not just fancy startups that everyone likes. You know, yeah, and, and it's work, and it's not easy, and we can flap our gums here if we, we want to and end up going nowhere, but that's not our intention. You know, what we'd like to do is, is have impact on small business needs, and uh, we know the needs are significant. You know the needs are significant if you run a small business. And it isn't just giveaway stuff. It's playing by the rules, understanding the rules, and then being rewarded accordingly. Not be cut out because, hey, you you aren't organized. You you aren't uh, significant in the sense of 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 affecting policy. There's a lot of money out there, and it should be going more to Main Street. Should be. Jobs are jobs if that's what the bureaucrats want. And by God, it's easier to to take an existing company and make it a little better and let them grow and let them bring the jobs in. So there's a lot of great stories out there. We have a lot of them. We have a client that just moved locations. He's been a client for about four years now. And he's doubled his business. He's grown from six employees to 17 employees. And now they went and bought another building, so they own two buildings now. What a great story. It is a great story. And that can be made typical. Along the way, he needed money. And he had to go through friggin' loops to get money. Why? And it wasn't given to him. You know, he, he played by the rules. He had to go through the, the process. And it's just not right. It's not right where he, with a track record, basically had to go through the hoops where somebody who is just starting up and does not have a track record because it's impossible if you're just starting up. Doesn't have to go through the They go through hoops, but they don't have to go through the hoops that a, an existing business does. And again, we're looking for some disagreement out there. So it should be almost like a small big business advocacy. And there are some out there, but it's hard to keep. The, you know, there's so many great stories to be able to tell and, and, and share about it. And I think most people could be educated, inspired by a lot of these stories, that they can do it themselves, too. That's where most of the companies are. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a real big deal. <coughs> so what else do we want to hit tonight while we got a little time here, Adam? What else? Uh, what other how questions? Whatever's on your mind, Jack. Yeah. My voice is starting to die out here. Boy, you got you got to hang in there another five minutes, or I'll start yapping. I'll start randomly yapping. Perfect. <laughs> how do I? Let me look at some how questions. I'm just going to look at a list. There's a whole list of how questions. Where the heck did these come from? Uh, I think they were established a little while ago. So. You know, how do I stay focused? That's one. Let me pull something a little bit closer to uh, how do I how do I get organized? How do I get my company organized when it spins out of control? Well, the quick and easy answer is hire good people and make sure they're they're experienced enough to know how to get you out. So if your company's out of control, what does that first of all mean? Well, you probably aren't looking at your financials. You probably aren't aren't uh, running the company. According to profitability and established rules of, of success, you're kind of disorganized because primarily your people lack the direction that you aren't giving them. Uh, it's that simple. 
We like to, and again, I'm rambling right now. So we have a three-word description for the owner of a business, or it could be the CEO of General Electric. It's the same thing. They're just bigger. They have more zeros. They have more people. But a three-word description for the CEO is plan, that's the first word, direct, and control. Three simple words. And it applies to every company, large or small, for-profit, non-profit. Makes no difference. So when somebody says, hey, I have a how question, well, one of the first questions we have is, what's the plan? Do you have a plan? Well, if you don't have a plan, chances are very good you aren't going to successfully direct anybody because how are you directing them? And basically that leads to out-of-control situations. So when you say, how do I get myself, if I'm spun out of control and I'm not organized, and I say, how do I get organized, that's how you do it. You basically go back to those three words. So, so many people don't like to plan. Well, how in the world can you get anywhere, really, without a plan? You have to have a plan. So You, you can just start going, can't you, Jack? What's that? You can just start going, can't you? Uh, I think a lot of people think that. Hey, look, I got 10000 bucks. I borrowed another five from my uncle. I got a great idea. I'm experienced in this and this. Uh, I got a building from my other uncle that uh, he's going to give me cheap rent. I'm ready to go, Adam. Well, what's your plan? Well, my plan is to start make money. Well, how do you do that? What's your plan? I don't have a plan, but I know I can do this. And about maybe a year and a half, two years later, we can go back to that company and they aren't there anymore because they're out of business. And they're out of business because they haven't coveted and mastered the three words, plan, direct, and control. Do you agree with that, Adam? I would agree with that, Jack. <laughs> so we're going to touch that hot question. How do you ad lib on live radio? That's why we got partners. We kind of balance each other off that way. That's right. We can ramble. We can ramble all night if somebody wants to uh, listen to the rambles. That's <laughs> yeah, the ongoing. But because it, it's good rambles. I mean, it's based on on hard experience. So it's only rambling from the standpoint that it isn't a long connectivity to one theme here. We can go all over the place. That's why we can answer your questions if you ever call us and and uh, uh, want to take a shot. Part of the part of the beauty of rambling or, or brainstorming is you start to get on rolls and start throwing things out there, and next thing you know, you get things like the Unstuckers, Jack. <laughs> the Unstuckers. There are a couple of movies like that. The Un, the Un, the Un, the Untamed, or the I can't remember. I'm thinking of City Slickers. I don't know. City Slickers for Unstuckers. I don't know. Like pot stickers. You must, be, you must be getting hungry. That's I am. I am hungry. <laughs> Thinking with uh, your belly. That's all right. We were at an event, the Steve Case event. The food there was absolutely terrible. Whatever food they gave us. That uh, I don't know who prepared that one. Had oh. to be a, a, a fundraiser. I'll take your word for it, Jack. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for joining us again on this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. <laughs> invite you to tune in every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. If you have any questions before, please feel free to email us at radio at maximumvp.com. Go to our website, MaximumVP.com forward slash how, and fill out the form there. Or you can call us directly at 877-849-0670. Hey, call us. We have a lot of fun, and we can, uh, we, we, we can help you out. There's absolutely no questions. Uh, learn more about Dirty Secrets of Small Business next when? Uh, uh, next when? Wait a minute. Wednesday. You got it. That is Wednesday.
Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, NWINTradio.com. Also, the new 101.5 FM.